triangles, known for being shapes. Famous for three sides. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why triangles are secretly incredibly fascinating. Folks, welcome to a whole new podcast episode. A podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. I am joined today by Amir Blumenfeld and by Nagin Farsad. Two amazing guests. I'm just, just real glad about it. Amir Blumenfeld is phenomenal. He's known for many things, and I hope you know him for podcasting, because he and Jake Hurwitz have a fantastic advice and comedy podcast. It's called If I Were You. Amir also hosts an NBA podcast called Buckets that I really enjoy and is relevant to today's show. I also am just glad I got to know him when I I worked with College Humor. He obviously did much more there, but I, I don't know if everybody knows that I got to work there and work with them and uh, he was one of my favorite people there when I when I got to do stuff with that team. So I, I hope you know and hear how excited I am to get together with Amir on this podcast right here. I'm also very excited to get together with Nagin Farsad. She hosts a wonderful podcast. It's called Fake the Nation. That is a comedy podcast breaking down the latest political news. Amazing guests join in on it. She's also a stand-up comedian and a writer and a voice on Adult Swim cartoons. And, and so, so much more. Just an amazing comic and, and thinker and podcaster and everything else. So really glad to have her on as well. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Amir recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino Artongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. Acknowledge Nagin recorded this on the traditional land of the Lenape people. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about triangles, a shape you know of, a shape I have read widely about and researched intensively. I even got some consulting help. Special thanks this week go to Dr. Jean Bo Yang, who's a mathematics professor and associate dean at the University of the Incarnate Word. Thank you for that, Dr. Yang, and thank you, the listener, for checking this out, because this topic is going to get much more historical and mystical and 1990s than you are probably expecting. So, please sit back, or listen to your coach as he tells you how to fit into an offense with two Hall of Famers. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Amir Blumenfeld and Nagin Farsad. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Amir Nagin, it's so good to see you and have you. And I, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Very curious to learn how, you know, either of you can start, but how do you feel about triangles? 
Um, me? Oh, you, I, I'll go first. Um, so I have a two-year-old. And when I saw the word triangles as the theme of the show, I immediately thought of the many toys that try and explain shapes, shape names oh, and yeah. shapes to babies and toddlers. And, and I also thought, because I speak to my kid in Farsi, <laughs> not to brag, but she's growing up with a couple of languages. Of course. Um, and, uh, and the thing with, with Farsi is that the word for triangle, it's kind of like, I guess triangles may be a Latin word or something, but it's, it's similar. Like, it's like just, it, it's three ears. So like, like all of the shapes are like four ears, three ears, five ears, like that's, or points. I don't know. I can't really translate that word, but I think it's like ears. Huh. And so the word for triangle is, uh, three ears or, uh, segush, uh, in, in Farsi. And so I say that word, so much now. Um, and I, I probably went uh, like a decade not uttering the word triangle, you know, and then and now I say it all the time. And now here we are with a podcast um, about it. So I uh, I'm, I'm just inundated, you know, I'm delighted to learn that word. And, and I hadn't even thought of the aspect of like, I, I triangles are such a school thing. And then also, if you're a if you're a small child, it's like, it's on the front of the newspaper of being a small child or like a trending topic or whatever. Right. Like shapes. Yeah, we're talking shapes. Shapes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. They're always talking about shapes. Let me tell you. They're obsessed with them. It's disgusting. Yeah. Colors, too. It's like enough already. Get a life, you know, is what I always yeah. tell my daughter. What sound a letter makes. Yeah. My two-year-old can do that. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Amir, how about you with triangles? I'm pro triangles. I'm staunchly pro triangles, actually. Yeah, I'm outwardly pro triangle. I mean, you'll see, like, Google my name and triangle. It's like the entire internet is riddled with quotes about me and geometry in general. Very pro. I actually took, I took high school math very seriously because it was like that was my lane. I loved wow. math. I yes. was obsessed yes. with math because I couldn't read well, write yes. well. And that's how you become a comedian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I basically, I'm the opposite of every comic where it's like they all did English and history and like the whole arts and of it all. And I was purely math and science. So I really liked geometry. I really liked algebra. I really liked numbers and sports analytics and all that stuff. So triangle fits in that. Also, like as a Laker fan growing up, the triangle offense was a very big deal. Phil Jackson instituting yes. it, bringing it from Chicago, Alex knows, to the Lakers. Absolutely. Won 11 championships with the triangle. So the triangle felt personally very rewarding for me as well as a Laker fan growing up. <laughs> Amir, I, I'm excited to bring up the triangle offense because that's the, the end chunk of the show. We'll talk all about it. Whoa, teaser. So very exciting. Hello. Oh my God, I don't even know what that means. I bring everything back to basketball. That one was an easy one, but I would have force fed <laughs> literally any topic back to basketball. But I'm glad we, we did triangle. That was like a semi-easy segue for sure. Well, and, uh, and in the meantime, we can get into the first chunk of the show. On every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. Oh, and this week, excellent. that is in a segment called, right now I'm going to share my stats. These numbers going to teach you things. Well, yeah, I got to say statistics. What was that supposed to be? Something like it sounded like a song, sort of. Nobody mostly singing, mostly talking. Actually, was that? <laughs> Sorry, do you want to try that again? Yeah, can you lean into it this yeah, time? I feel like you and were I really want you to hit nervous. the falsettos. Yeah. Actually, 
Nagin, why don't you give it a try? You clearly know what he was trying to do. <laughs> Now I get it. Oh, I get it. That was good. There it is. Yeah, Thank she did you. It. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics in either version of the song, for the record. Nobody gonna break my stride? Is that what it is? Oh, there. No, that's what it is. That's right. Nobody gonna break my stride. Who sings that yeah. song? Some guy. It was like made for a car commercial. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> It was made to be come out in the 80s and then in 20 years to be on a car commercial. Yeah. This was the 80s. They didn't have any like problems to sing about. It was just like, <laughs> I want to write about walking, going places. <laughs> There's no issues today. It's fine. Hey, let's go buy some junk bonds and take a stroll, you know, is Everybody, what they yeah. would say. Yeah. The rich get richer and walking people walked and that was good. It was great. Yeah. Such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like in 80s pop culture, it hadn't rained in like 10 years. Everyone was yeah. just like, yep, it's going great all the time. Like, it's There's never been a bad thing. And then the 90s were even better. <laughs> Nothing happened until 9-11, I think. That's another thing I bring up on every podcast is basketball and 9-11. All right, we're in. We, got, we did it in seven minutes this time. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amir, why are there balloons and confetti dropping behind you? Really strange that that oh, would be yeah. happening. Every time I bring up the two things, it just sort of appears. <laughs> It's a very expensive thing that you've concocted for yourself that every time that you say 9-11 <laughs> yeah. and basketball, that like confetti right. has to fall to the sky. Very expensive. Mm -hmm. But worth commitment. it. Ultimately worth it. I mean, <laughs> yes. Alex, if you had that kind of commitment when you were singing yeah. your theme song, then be this would right. be Incredible. an entirely different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I should credit uh, Kelly Matula suggested that. Thank you, Kelly. You can submit yours to SipPod on Twitter or to SipPod at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably just edit mine out and put in the Geens because much, much more everything. <laughs> a lot more verve, uh, a lot more force. It was great. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it was, yeah, it was Matthew Wilder's Break My Stride is the song which, uh, from the 80s. Matthew yeah. Wilder. That song wasn't even written. The 80s just generated it. Like, they just lived carefree for eight years, and one day it was on the radio. <laughs> it was born yeah. of the era. Is there a saxophone in that song? There should have been Probably. a saxophone in that song. If there, Can you add a There's... saxophone to your remake just in honor of the 80s? Thank you. I appreciate that as well. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for Making adding the up. sax retroactively. Yep. So if you guys are confused, we didn't hear the sax. So you guys probably did because Alex added it in added post. Added in that yeah. Yeah. Just know that this is the origin of the sax that you already heard. Thank you again, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, and uh, with the stats and numbers here, we can blow through three for three sides. Everyone knows this about triangles. The, the first number here is at least 5,000 years old. And at least 5,000 years old is the age of the cuneiform writing system, which is made out of a bunch of wedge shapes. It's just a bunch of triangles. It was developed between 4,000 and 3,000 BC in ancient Mesopotamia. Mm. Mm. Uh, we've never used it ourselves, but it, one of the first ways of writing was a pictorial system where you do a bunch of wedges in clay. It was just a bunch of triangles. Of course. Did you need to have a bunch of fresh clay on hand like all the time? Before pre-harden? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, they're not etching it in. You needed a guy. Yeah, yeah. Like um, <laughs> like a golf caddy? You had, like, a clay caddy? 
He just carried your clay around for when you wanted to jot down some notes. Yeah, or a claddy for short. <laughs> That's what it is. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Next number here we've got is 500,000 square miles. Doing a lot of big numbers on this one. 500,000 square Bermuda miles. Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that's correct. That's the size of what? the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I was also on Jeopardy, Alex. It's not just you, but um, yeah. Interesting. Wait, were you really stuff. on Jeopardy? No, God, no. I would oh. not have asked one question on that show. But <laughs> I would believe it. I would believe it. All right. <laughs> Sorry, what is the Bermuda Triangle? Jesus. Ah, that's how I could tell. Such a yeah. stickler. <laughs> Wait, it's 500,000 square miles? Yeah, 500,000 square miles or in metric, almost 1.3 million square kilometers is the size of the Bermuda Triangle. It's the amount of ocean in there. Thanks for giving it to me in metric, by the way, because I am in Sweden right now, and that's all I understand. Yeah. So thanks for that. You did say you spoke Farsi, so we just assume you're worldly in terms oh, of I know. numbers you're just as well. Like, yeah, I'm going to need it in multiple different types of measurements. Um, can you? How many? You what, also what temperature Kelvin was, is the tra- <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to absolute zero, Kelvin. yeah, <laughs> absolute zero on the Kelvin scale. Yeah, thank you. You are <laughs> absolute Kelvin. <laughs> absolute Kelvin is both a temperature and a way I compliment people. So you're welcome, Alex. <laughs> it's also the name of a drink. <laughs> it's vodka, uh, vermouth. Kool-Aid and one <laughs> shot of former Panthers wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin all sort of stirred up and served in a martini glass. I don't drink very much. Don't worry. It, it, he regenerates. Tell. He regenerates. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, I, I feel like we're hitting other school things like Kelvin because triangles are a school thing. I blame triangles ultimately. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, bring me back. Bring me back to seventh um, grade. Well, I'm not going to be happy until we talk about Avogadro's number. Hey. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm dumb. It's been so nice to have you guys. I'm stupid today. Appreciate your time. Super have dumb. You, have you seen that uh, Trader Joe's Avocado's number? They have like the exact thing I thought of. That was my first touchdown for it. It either says (laughs) Avogadro's number, it says Avocado's number. It's literally on the label of a Trader Joe's guacamole avocado thingamajig. Yeah, that's their go to. Nerds. (laughs) I want to get vaccinated at Trader Joe's. I tweeted that yesterday, but it's true. Like people are going to Safeway, CVS, Publix. I want to get my Pfizer at Trader Joe's. I know it's going to be organic. I can leave with some frozen food. It's a complete win-win situation. <laughs> I want to get mine at Sephora, so like I get <laughs> I get trial. vaccinated, and then <laughs> and then I get some samples yeah. of perfume. Right. You know, yeah. And if it's your birthday, you <laughs> get feel a free whatever, a complimentary. Like a bit, yeah, which I which I just recently got. Thank you. Very nice. It's a solid yeah. tip. I have a girlfriend. I know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with the Bermuda Triangle, the basic points of it are Miami, Florida, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and the island of Bermuda. Wow. And we'll link like Snopes and stuff you should know in a bunch of sources. Basically, the upshot of the myth there is 
there are more ship disappearances there because there are more ships going through it. Just a busy part of the ocean. That's the whole deal. Interesting. Super trafficy. Yeah. Yeah. If I was in LA, I would say something like, huh, it's like the 405 nice. at 4 p.m. Am I right? Yes. Hey, or yes. whatever, right? <laughs> yes. I, I live in Manhattan, yes. so I really don't know. But, you know, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to do the one-handed snap, but I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one-handed snaps to me. <laughs> Can you add a sax every time I go like that? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Can you please? Yeah. Thanks. So the little toots thank of sax you, you guys sax. heard. Yeah, that was yeah. added in post by Alex. And again, thank you for that. We don't we don't have the benefit of hearing them, but we do we are the ones you can thank yes, for them later. That's right. <laughs> I'll just send you guys some saxophone music as a thank you after the like the gift bag for the podcast is saxophone music. You just get some of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shitty gift bag. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> I reject your gift bag. I sadly put them away. Uh, <laughs> the and then the last number here before the the three big takeaways. The last number is 367. 367 is the number of different ways that people have proved the Pythagorean theorem. Mm. So we got another math thing. Uh, Pythagorean theorem, the famous right triangle equation. Oh, yes. And then, according to Ted Ed, there's a book called The Pythagorean Proposition, where mathematician Elisha Scott Loomis cataloged all of the different ways people have proved that it works. Because you can do it by showing that, like, if you make a square off each side of the triangle, they're equal, but you can also do, like, half circles off of it or a bunch of other ways to prove it. Uh, And people have found 367 different ways, basically just for fun. We all know it works. Interesting. Uh that is a really interesting way of having fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was number 367? I'm sure that guy didn't need to probably do it, right? We already had more than enough proof. Three, I know. I thought of another way it's true. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we had one for literally one for every day of the year, including a leap day, and you just had to oh. add another. Congratulations. <laughs> the 367th way. Good job, bro. <laughs> By the way, it's mostly like way number 19. You basically copied and pasted and like added a little more to yours. I barely want to call that right, a like a little, like a little, like your own chili sauce onto yeah. it or whatever. But it's still essentially you didn't invent the same a hot dog. thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> I picture it. I picture him doing it over a beer pong table and just like thinking he's really, you know. Yeah. Whoa. Using the pongs as a as a calculation method. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the triangle of the cups. He's he, it's like suddenly numbers yeah. appear in the, no, in the exactly. sky ahead of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that those scenes in Queen's Gambit where she's like figuring it out in her head, <laughs> staring at the ceiling. Is that that's what that guy did, but with beer pong <laughs> and pi- and the Pythagorean theorem. Just looking at solo cups moving. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, uh, that takes us into the first of the three big takeaways of the show. Here we go into takeaway number one. U.S. President James Garfield did one of those Pythagorean theorem proofs. Wow. Shut up. He's one of the people to do it. Now I feel like an idiot. (laughs) I'm sorry. What number was he? What number was he? Uh... The middle. I actually don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, some somewhere on the list. Okay. Yeah, he's not. Fire the researcher. Fire the researcher. That's obviously <laughs> the first question that was going to come up. Yeah, that's, that's clearly <laughs> the thing to know. 
I actually, I, I've never really thought about Garfield. And now that you're telling me this, I have something to think about. Oh, when his name comes up. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, that's the f-ing guy who did a Pythagorean theorem proof. Yeah, that's the triangle president. <laughs> What's popularly, you know, the man who's popularly known as the, the triangle president. <laughs> Yeah, he, I think he's mostly famous for being assassinated and for the Garfield comic strip where it's a cat. And that's it. That That's sort of the famous Garfield things. Uh, but triangles. Now you can add this, folks. You got it. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to I would put this ahead of those other two that are barely interesting. <laughs> I think probably, probably behind think Garfield this is the cat. Where the meat is. Yeah. Garfield the cat's yeah. probably number one. And then the triangle and then assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> How many presidents were assassinated? Ooh. Like just uh, him? Four were killed. Okay. So that's not that special if there's four. I mean, how many <laughs> how many proved the Pythagorean theorem? Just the one? I He's think one. nine, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Millard Fillmore did it four times. Yeah. Oh my god. But didn't get assassinated. <laughs> and that's where he messed up. Just yeah. <laughs> so nobody cares. <laughs> Like, please shoot me so I can stop. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, with respect to his uh, descendants, we're, jo- we're joking. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he was a fine man. Well, and, uh, and so Garfield did this not when he was president, but when he was a sitting congressman. Because Garfield was elected president in 1880, shot the following year. But in 1876, Garfield's published a new proof of the Pythagorean theorem in the New England Journal of Education. He's believed to be the first person to publish it. It's based on using a trapezoid to make three right triangles and proving it that way, uh, which is very visual and mathematical. We won't talk about it anymore. But Garfield was a leading congressman and the main candidate to be Speaker of the House if his party took Congress. And meanwhile, he was just doing like triangle math for fun. That, That was what he was up to. Is it because, like, they just didn't have, like, HBO Max? I mean, it was so boring then that they, people literally had to just prove shit for fun. Like, <laughs> at least make a game out of it. Have tangrams at the very least. Don't, like... <laughs> tangrams? Yeah, don't, like, start proving shit when you're bored. That's not, like, a good productive use of your time, Garfield. Sorry. I'm sorry to say, but I'm I'm almost like low key excited he got assassinated because he was such a <laughs> dork. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to say something controversial to get a rise out of you guys. Like I'm really like kind of pissed at myself that I didn't know that he was such a doofus before he got. Was he killed or just attempted? He was killed. Yeah, he died. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Gun or knife <laughs> back then? How did that work? But I- can I just my hot take my pandemic hot take is that I am now bored with like basically all of television um mm, and yeah. and I am this close to being number 367 on the Pythagorean theorem proof <laughs> oh my god no we already have three you'd be 368 don't yeah, do it 368 368 okay i won't do 367 over again i will do 368 because like that's where i am you know i thought you were gonna say i'm so bored with tv i'm this close to reading a book i swear i'll do it i will pick up a 
book right now. That's how bored I am. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not how. No, no. That's not how crazy I yeah, am. I mean, but I will do bored, some. I, I yeah. will do some theorems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and other mathematical proofs. If you want, I'll. You know, I'll take some measurements of stuff. Yeah. You know, I'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Of all the hobbies, math never came up for anybody, huh? Nobody was like, I'm going to relearn algebra or trigonometry. That never, never was I'm the way saying I will do that. I will take algebra two again. I forgot <laughs> Sokotoa and what it means and why, but I want to know again. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days, huh? Yeah. Where answers, where questions had answers, you know? Not, none of this like comedy slash theorizing, essays, writing, opinion. I want to know why <laughs> equals this x equals this. That's what I. That's what I get off to. Yeah, you're in the worst field. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, I'm in the worst field. That's correct. And that's when this this podcast devolves into Amir just like completely breaking changing down. his life. Yeah, I think I'm breaking down. I'm I'm gonna be just, a professor or something like that. I don't know, but I'm not like smart enough to do that either. <laughs> 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 no, no, they just let you do it. Really? All they right, just thanks. Let you. I yeah, need yeah, to yeah. Hear you just that. like walk up to a university and you're like, I want to be a professor. <sighs> I'm willing to take algebra two again, and then they just let you do a job. All right, good. That, uh, thanks. I needed to hear that. <laughs> the thing we're joking about right now was basically Garfield's job before politics. He he was <laughs> he was raised on a farm in Ohio, and then worked his way through school and taught himself law and then just got a job as a college professor teaching like five different things it, at it was wow. called the Western Reserve Eclectic Institute in Hiram Ohio and he taught like math and Greek and Latin and a bunch of other stuff because that was being a college professor in the 1800s it was like I want to do oh, it oh he was such a nerd yeah loser <laughs> is that what became Case Western Reserve which is also in Ohio it oddly is separate, even though it sounds like it would be. There's yeah. two Western reserves in Ohio, and yeah. one of them is Case Western, and the other is another Western reserve. Yep. There's yeah, that's too many Western reserves. <laughs> they didn't know they didn't have more words then. You know, you only had a few words. Yeah, back it was just then. State University or Western Reserve. Yeah, so you just had to do a combination of those words. Yeah. you know, in some order. Western and like, State. So that's why we ended up with so many. Yeah. <laughs> in this particular case, it's Case Western Reserve. I, I see what happened. <laughs> Next thing here is a big trumpet sound for a big takeaway. Before that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. From here, let's go into the next takeaway of the show. Takeaway number two. Pythagoras either founded or inspired a magical cult, and he might have been mythological. Or this, I know this like is more this guy. Pythagoras The stuff. guy behind the theorem might not have been real. Yeah, I, I'm just so thrilled to be talking about this because like, I think the Pythagorean theorem is one of the few things people still have from math class, like A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah. It's just easy to remember somehow. Yeah. And no one taught us that the guy it's named after might not even be a real person. Mm. It might They might be made up. It's like Shakespeare. <laughs> Again, I hate to just talk ill of the dead but boring oh God, here that goes. we had to read in high school wow. like what are these plays are they even plays there it is like <laughs> what are they yeah romeo and juliet what is that it's a guy liking a girl i guess that was novel because it was like 1392 like yeah but i've seen it it's called <laughs> yeah. two weeks notice starring sandra bullock and Hugh grant and i i could watch that in 91 minutes and it's lovely yeah already has a british guy in it Right. Yeah, and I and you don't you don't need to like pretend like you're understanding the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like that's what most people do with Shakespeare, right? Is they're like pretending that they totally understand. Yeah, yeah like did you know wherefore art thou actually me? Yeah, no, I don't know that because it's not it's barely English. Don't tell me these things because yeah. then I forget important stuff like the Pythagorean theorem. Unlike uh, Ohio that just didn't have enough words to name their colleges. Yeah. In Shakespeare's time, they oddly had too many words. Too many, yeah. It was too many words. Too many words. And what is he, what sense. are you doing with all of those words? Like and and also don't feel the need to stuff in all the words at the same time. Yeah, you like, know what I mean? For meter, like pentameter and it's like, oh, I have to say it in a certain way in addition to like the way. That's a crazy rule. Stupid rule. Doesn't make sense. I agree. Too many words, too many <laughs> rhythm rules. I just want to ask them to revisit. Ideally, yeah. Yeah, acting like words are math. Get out of here, Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> There's sure. a reason numbers are cool and words are bad. <laughs> well, it's a... Say it all the time. So we got a we got a few sources for this. The uh, one of them is a BBC Radio Four show called In Our Time that did an episode on Pythagoras. Also a BBC documentary called The Story of Maths, and then a book called The History of Philosophy by the UK philosophy professor A. C. Grayling. And the first thing about Pythagoras is around the scholarship of him. There's something called the Pythagorean question, which is whether he was real or not. Wow. And Grayling says, "quote He is personally something of a mystery." There was certainly a Pythagorean school or cult, perhaps a religious order, that had something to do with a charismatic individual called Pythagoras, end quote. Whoa. That's all we actually know about him. That's it. And what's interesting about that is you normally hear about cults that have to do with sex and murder, right? That's usually where your cults are. The cool kind, yeah. And this cult was about math? Triangle specifically. 
Try specifically try. Well, like how many thruples? What would be really sad is if it was a cult about triangles and there were no thruples in the cult. Yeah, the whole yeah that would be right. the whole three love triangle. That's one of the triangles that there could be. And they're like, no, we never thought of that. Everyone here is actually monogamous and in pairs. Yeah, right. We're all we're all such dorks. We would never actually do that. <laughs> That's also. Almost the situation. Another thing about this is they believe that the Pythagorean school allowed women, which was rare for the distant past and and things led by men. Like it, it was men and women in it, but also apparently they led relatively austere lives of study and prayer kind of thing, like sort of like monks. And so hmm. it's it's not even a cool cult. It's a cult for math and for, for just thinking about the world. Wow. A cult for math that allowed girls. Yeah, I mean, this actually sounds pretty dope. Quite frankly, I'd be down <laughs> to like join a cult for what math year? that allows. What girls. year was this, Alex? This is the eighties, right? <laughs> right, or even before seventy-eight. Pythagoras singing that song. <laughs> And uh, so if Pythagoras existed, he was born around the year 570 BC. Oh, I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, 570. <laughs> that exact year, yeah. If he was born, yeah. <laughs> and he was born on a Greek island near modern-day Turkey, and then the school was in southern Italy, which was culturally Greek at the time. Mm-hmm. So we know there was a school. We don't know if he's real. But the the school is amazing because it's this group of people that are like mixing magical thinking and also actual true stuff and they they sort of believed both that Pythagoras came up with a bunch of amazing science and then also was a like mythical amazing figure with a bunch of powers so it's a really interesting thing yeah that they were wrong (laughs) about him you know wow that's cool and you know that for a fact that's interesting all right (laughs) He did not have a, a mythical powers. I'm going to tell you that right now. Damn. Yeah. That's kind of breaking news a little bit. Yeah, I know you want to join the cult, but like. Now I'm second guessing everything. <laughs> this is the point of the podcast, the second point of the podcast where Amir has a meltdown yeah, and changes his entire a life. A squared plus, does that even work? A squared, three, four, five, <laughs> nine Prove plus it. 16. Prove it. Yeah. Prove it. I guess it works sometimes, but I, I haven't tried it with every right triangle <laughs> <laughs> prove it let uh let's let's do some of the myths about him because they're they're wild okay in this tradition according to professor john o'connor they believed they were following a real person named pythagoras and, and his example and there were a bunch of traditional stories about him traveling to egypt and mesopotamia but the stories also said that pythagoras traveled into the underworld and met the dead and then came back Okay. They also said that he could converse with animals, such as bears and eagles, and also that he could predict earthquakes. Yeah, I know. We know what animals are. This is false. This can't be right. <laughs> I don't care what the animals are. You don't have to give me examples. Like, that's not the part that I the... would believe. <laughs> but here's such the question, though, about cats. those specific specific examples of bears and eagles. Bears like you're both on the ground for some period of time, I guess I can see a con like a chat a brewing, world where that works. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But like an eagle isn't like hanging out. An eagle like just then takes <laughs> off. Like an eagle's like, shut the f up and like literally just flies away. So You wouldn't be able to hear it. Exactly. It just it's not I don't see that working out. I don't see that working out. <laughs> That's yeah. 
That's a no from us, dog. Randy <laughs> <Yeah>. Jackson. <laughs> they also claim that he could predict earthquakes. They claim that he could remember his own past lives. And then I think the strangest thing is they claim that one of his thighs was made of gold. Oh. All right. This is just some uh, Charles Manson level shit. What they is were just his he thighs? probably had a huge dick and everyone's like, "Yeah, I love this guy. He could talk to animals, he could predict earthquakes. Please, <laughs> please sleep with me, Pythagoras." Wait, what is what is the point of a thigh made of gold? It's nothing. It's it's first of all, it's in pants all the time. It's not like what are we Right. Who's benefiting from that? Yeah, there's no like story arc with it. It's not like, right. and then he did this. It doesn't yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> thigh, really yeah. Even this a thigh, like what a boring part of your body to be gold. Like golden foot would be cool. Golden face, golden neck, golden hands. Golden thigh is just nothing. It's, it's also it's just like a bunt. It's a lot. It's a lot of weight to be gold. <laughs> Imagine if your one of your whole thighs was gold. That just seems. Does that include your ass, or like, does the thigh start right below the ass? That's a good question. I think actually. it starts yeah. right below the ass. I think it starts. We know the answer to that. Quite, it's below the ass. So, and then on the front, does it go all the way up to the hip, or does it just? Is it a single cylinder that starts below the ass and then goes around your? <laughs> it's like at the bikini line. I think is where it yeah. starts and stops. Yeah. So the front of your thigh, it doesn't go all the way up to your, like your pelvic bone. No, no, it's not. You're not <laughs> belting your thigh. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Right. So the thigh is basically half the quad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the lower half, really, the worst half. I'd rather have a golden ass. Right. Yeah. That sounds special. Wait, you weirdly. You might be you might have to like lean over to keep afloat to keep up, you know? Oh. Right. Yeah, you'd always be falling out of chairs sideways. It doesn't make any sense. Right. You can't exactly. Do that. Yeah. You would need two golden thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Just even it out. Yeah, you really would. Right. Yeah. Yeah, go to the bank, get a loan, get another thigh that made out of gold. Like, make it happen. <laughs> or talk to one of your eagle buddies and see what they can do. You're talking to eagles. <laughs> and so they had all these magical beliefs. They uh, Also, the group believed that souls can move from thing to thing, and they believed that beans contain the souls of the dead. Bunch of magical thinking in this group. Like, there was a lot of uh, strong spiritual beliefs. But they also believed in a lot of things that helped them invent actual things. And the main one is that they believed, quote, number is the basis of nature, end quote. So they believed that you have to measure and calculate things in order to prove them, which is science. They, they just like were some of the first people to believe in science on top of all this other stuff that they thought. We gave them a little too much power, I think. They had like the theorem, which was like, that's a solid get. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, what else do you think? And then he's like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. And no, he's just yeah. like listening. He's like, uh, I know Eagles, when earthquakes are going to happen. Thigh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you could be, you can, you had the theorem. You didn't have to lie after that. It's fine to be a one hit wonder. Like that guy, the ain't nobody going to break my stride. Did he have another good song? He wasn't like, also, I fing talked. To a dog yesterday. <laughs> Take the W. Go home. <laughs> I, I, I agree. The other thing is they their main actual discoveries, triangles are not really the top of the list. 
the main really cool discovery by the Pythagoreans is musical keys and intervals. They figured out that if you measure a string's length, you get different pitches from it. And then they figured out keys and intervals from there. And so like the, the main thing they actually came up with is music theory, but mm. also based on most scholarship and, and study of where math was at in various places, the Pythagoreans were some of the last people to come up with the Pythagorean theorem. Wow. They are not really the people we should credit with it. Nah, I don't know what to think. And I don't really know how it got the name. It might just be a Greek-centric thing. Because they could have called it like, you know, they could have called it like Richard or something, you know? Yeah. Oh, like it's a cool name. Maybe that's why they picked it. Like Pythagoras. Yeah. Like, sounds special. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, you know, it's kind of like band names or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like if his name was John, he wouldn't, they wouldn't have bothered to give John, him the John theorem. theorem. Then it's not going to get world famous. John, John Theorem. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Bob Theorem, <laughs> yeah. you know? Richie Theorem. <laughs> like that's just no one's doing it. Like Cheryl Theorem. Yeah. What would Cheryl's Theorem be? Why would anyone ever <laughs> subscribe yeah, to that? Yeah, her theorem would just be like um, pleated front khakis <laughs> and, <laughs> and a cardigan sweater yeah. equal yeah. <laughs> mommy exactly. night out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's sort of Karen-esque, but not quite. She's Cheryl. She's not racist. She's just a little basic. You know? I see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I really hope she calls it doing her theorem when she gets ready to go out. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly, she calls it doing her Pythagorean. <laughs> well, and because uh, as far as others, we could name it after. So Pythagoras lived about 2,500 years ago. The Babylonians probably had this theorem more than a thousand years before that. There's a clay tablet called Plimpton 322 because it's in mm -hmm. the collection of a guy named George Plimpton. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's about the size of a postcard and it has like carvings and writings on it that indicate doing the square root of two for the long side of a right triangle. And they, they probably knew the Pythagorean theorem. Mm. So he wasn't first by like a lot. And then you also have the Egyptians probably knew it and China probably knew it. Uh, and also potentially Pythagoras's teacher knew it if he was a real person. Can we quickly get back to this guy George Plimpton though? Yeah, is that the yeah? Um, isn't that an animator isn't... or something? Like, yeah, I thought he was like a music producer yeah. or something, oh. or like the father of an actor. He yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gave it. Apparently, he got it in 1922. So maybe he's related. Maybe he's a, an ancestor or something. Yeah. Martha Plimpton's dad. That's cool. Is what is what he's known as. Yeah. Yeah. She's a cool actor. I'm into it. I wonder what yeah. she's doing with that collection now. She's probably looking at that square root of two like right now. <laughs> her quarantine hobby is learning math from her old tablets that the family owns. <laughs> yeah. I love her. She's great. But yeah, if, if nothing else, there was somebody called Thales of Miletus, who was Greek. And if Pythagoras was real, Thales was Pythagoras's teacher. And there's evidence that Thales knew this theorem. So Pythagoras might have like ripped it off from his teacher, credit-wise. Uh, we really, mm. I don't know why it's named after this possibly mythical guy. It doesn't make any sense. Thales? Yeah, T-H-A-L-E-S. Which I might be pronouncing wrong. Right. Yeah. Thales. Thales. Yeah. You never see a Thales anymore, right? Come on. Yeah, Come on, you parents. You really don't. Uh, pick yeah, it. yeah, that's like, let's bring that back. <laughs> it's hard to say, spell, pronounce. It's a waste of a name, really. <laughs> but let's think 
those moments in like you know in preschool when like uh, like there's like one there's like three thaleses in the room and then one has to be like thales n like thales p thales j you know what i mean I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that era of our lives when that happens. <laughs> Linda, and from here, I think we can do the last takeaway of the main episode, and it is takeaway number three. One triangle dominated the world of basketball for 20 years. Because we're going to talk about yeah, the triangle finally. offense in basketball. Finally, basketball. No more Greeks. We did it. Well, we could talk about Greek basketball players if you're interested, like Giannis. Oh, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the main sources here are the New York Times. They have a 2017 article that is that is written as kind of an obituary for this offensive system. Uh, and then also Basketball Hall of Fame pages for Sam Barry and Tex Winter. But the, the most famous person with it, as Amir said, is probably Phil Jackson, the, the coach of the uh, Jordan Bulls and the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, who won eleven championships. That's right. Yeah, and and was the triangle what is it called? Defensive, offensive, triangle offense. Called? Yeah, the triangle offense. In, was it showcased in Save the Last Dance? Save the last. Oh, you're. Oh, think, sorry. Are you thinking of thus the last <laughs> dance? Sorry. Save the last I'm dance. Just... I think is a Julia Stiles movie about ballet. <laughs> so I don't think they brought it up there unless they're watching a Bulls game at some point. Did it come up in the last dance? Yeah, <laughs> I think last, it did come up in the last dance. <laughs> that's what I meant. And I also just want to point out yeah. that the last dance was ill-titled because that's not the first time I've said save the last dance. <laughs> what? what yeah. I meant the last day. I just want to go <laughs> yeah. ahead and point that out to filmmakers out there who are thinking of adding a word to their movie names of, of old older movies. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Save the last Dan. This is like, someone who's protesting they're going to cancel the last dance and you're like no save the last dance and people are like the julia styles movie no 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 unrelated to that i want you to save comma quotation mark the last dance so so michael jordan is one of these dudes via phil jackson who did a who did a a triangle yeah yeah the 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 weird <laughs> This is a this is a bad basketball podcast <laughs> pilot that we're starting. Because <laughs> I don't, I, right, I, I I know you guys like look at me and think sports woman, but I really don't actually know anything about basketball. As you as you probably didn't guess, I can't tell. Yeah, I yeah, cannot no, tell. Thank you. I feel like I'm pulling it off really well. <laughs> so, but and Michael I, Jordan did a triangle. Well, Jordan played on the Bulls, and the Bulls they positioned themselves on the court when they had the ball. There was a triangle on one side and two people on the other, and they would give the ball in the post. So, like, Michael was one point of the triangle, but then he had other players around him from which he can, like, pick and choose to pass the ball to. And because Creating other triangles? Yeah, sort of creating movement. It's very geometrical. And because in the 90s and early 2000s, nobody really shot three-pointers. There wasn't a lot of, like... Um, yeah, inefficiencies in the game to like try to get as many three pointers as possible. This was like the best offense, and then by like fifteen years later, it was completely defunct and useless way to run a team. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So you don't see it anymore. You don't see it anymore. Oh. And also, and Amir, that was a great description of it. And like when I read about it, and when I try to talk about it, I find that 
the most I can kind of say is like there's a triangle of three guys on one side and then because it from what I've read and seen it's also it's a simple offense because it's three guys make a triangle and then it's also like impossible to explain like the movements from there are apparently very mysterious and hard to to do Mm, yeah I remember like a big point point of every time Phil Jackson either brought in a new player went to a new team they're like it's gonna take them Months to learn the triangle. It's like, wow, really? These are professional athletes and they can't figure out the triangle in like 30 days? That's a lot of time. Like, no, it takes, it really takes 15 minutes to learn and years to master the triangle. Really? Because I just see a guy passing the ball to Shaq and getting the f*** out of the way. That seems pretty easy. I feel like I could do that. Did he master it or is Shaq just 300 pounds heavier than everybody else? <laughs> it seems pretty simple to me, <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, because that's for, and for anybody who doesn't know basketball, the, the basics of Phil Jackson's championships are that he won six with the Chicago Bulls in the 1990s and then five with the LA Lakers in the 2000s, that first decade there. And I the the big question around his offensive scheme which also came from an assistant coach named Tex Winter the big question is did this scheme work or did Phil Jackson have Michael Jordan Scottie Pippen Shaquille O'Neal Kobe Bryant like all the best players in the world and then this this offense is just all smoke and mirrors like it's not actually any of the reason they're winning games yeah so uh, according to Amir Amir could have done the same thing like, because it's so easy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Look at me. I'm the most athletic person you'll ever yeah. see. And even really I look could it. do it. Yeah. Well, I, I see that. Well, I think a lot of the hate Phil Jackson gets is like Alex said, like, the yeah, any offense works when you have the greatest players of all time. But I will say that those players did not win anything before or after Phil Jackson. So they lost, <laughs> lost, lost. Phil True. came. Won, 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 won. Phil That's left, really lost, lost, lost. So it's like, it's well. It's a really excellent point. Uh, how good was it? Because when Shaq left and it was just Kobe, didn't win anything. Phil comes back, wins two more championships. Yeah. There's something to it. Yeah. It's a, and the other, the weird thing about this offense is that it took a long time to work. Because I, I didn't know this until researching it, but the triangle comes from all the way back in the 30s and 40s. There was a coach at USC, the college, uh, named Sam Barry, and he was the first basketball coach to like develop it. And then one of his players was a guy named Tex Winter, who then immediately became a coach. And Tex Winter wasn't like winning championships all the time or anything, but he was just relentlessly trying to get other basketball people excited about the triangle he wrote a book in 1962 called The Triple Post Offense that was like a book about his triangle. And until Winter and Jackson joined up with the Bulls in the 90s, it didn't win anything. But then all of a sudden it did when when it was with this team. He should have like renamed his book like Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus or something. And then it would have gotten more traction. <laughs> yeah, that one was so I just big. think like the, the name of the book makes it sound like total snooze fest. Yeah, what about yeah. like the South Beach diet or something? Wasn't that like a yeah, huge one at the time? Yeah, that's where you get a bestseller. That's where you get people talking about your triangle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the vicious V. <laughs> Yeah, so then Winter and Jackson, they win. Jackson wins 11 championships. Winter is involved in 10 of them. And there's also like a last chapter of Phil Jackson's career where he goes to New York and tries to revive the New York Knicks. And it 
from from what I read, it basically didn't work because the Knicks refused to get into the triangle. Like they refused to do this system that Jackson was way into. At one point, Carmelo Anthony, who was one of the main players on the Knicks at the time, openly told a reporter, quote, at this point, I'm getting tired of hearing about the triangle, end quote. <laughs> wow. Uh, and the Knicks did not play well under Jackson and, and it didn't work out. It's hard to tell whether they were just bad or whether it was because there was this dispute over this mystical offense that no one understands. They were really bad. Uh, oh, <laughs> there you have it. I'm glad we can sort of just I didn't put catch that a single to, game, yeah. but I just can tell from the vibe of your storytelling that they were really bad. I think it, it might have been a joke, but you're 100% correct. He was bad. <laughs> Not a good team for very long. That's correct. But yeah, but and I, th- I think the average person does not know, especially if they they don't follow basketball, that there was just this whole era where all people could talk about was either a triangle winning championships or like the Spurs winning some in between. That was what was going on for like twenty years of the of the game. It sounds like a little boring because it was so predictable. That's interesting. Yeah, I would agree. Like, there's no other way it's going to go. Yeah, I would agree. Boring. Someone tell Phil Jackson I said that. <laughs> All right, he's he's in a farm on Montana right now, but I'll I'll DM him. Yeah, yeah, let please let him know. <laughs> Folks, that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Amir Blumenfeld and Nagin Farsad for being the Jordan and Pippen to my Bill Wennington. Alternatively, they are the Shaq and Kobe to my, I think I'm going with Brian Shaw. I don't know Lakers stuff as well, but you get it. Stars, role player, makes sense, great. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on patreon.com, Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the bizarrely triangular layout of Washington, D.C. and the bizarre situations that that causes. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show for a library of more than three dozen other bonus shows and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring triangles with us. Here is one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, U.S. President James Garfield helped prove the Pythagorean theorem. Takeaway number two, Pythagoras either founded or inspired a magical cult, and he might have been mythological. And takeaway number three, one triangle dominated the world of basketball for 20 years. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Both of them are doing incredible weekly podcasting. You can hear Amir Blumenfeld on his show, If I Were You, co-hosted with Jake Hurwitz. You can hear him on his show, Buckets, with many guests talking basketball. And then Nagin Farsad has her podcast, Fake the Nation, with many guests doing all of the world of politics every week. Also, she's a voice on Bird Girl, which is a new Adult Swim cartoon series. And then I'm also going to link some of their guest spots on other HeadGum comedy podcasts, because HeadGum is just a great network to know, a great scene to dive into if you're looking for more stuff. Many research sources this week. 
Here are some key ones. A great article in the New York Times, this is from 2017, it's called The Triangle Offense, A Simple Yet Perplexing System, Dies, and that is by Dan Barry. A great book titled The History of Philosophy, that's by philosophy professor A.C. Grayling. And then an amazing BBC Radio 4 show, it is called In Our Time, they did an episode on Pythagoras, hosted by Melvin Bragg. The experts they consult are Serafina Cuomo of the University of London, John O'Connor of the University of St. Andrews, and Ian Stewart of the University of Warwick. If you heard the Dice episode recently, he wrote a book that was crucial to that Dice episode, so thank you, Professor Stewart, for helping make this one, too. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven, by the Budos Band. Also, come to think of it, they add some saxophone to the show, so thank you. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.